peace. This is Cheyenne Salah thanking you all for watching and listening to my new podcast. The door is now open to my brave new world. So sit back and relax and let me share with you a little bit of this thing I call life. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go. It's so fine. Yeah, I'm a rebel, I'm a man on a level that nobody has ever seen. For my people in the ghetto, music has a new mood. I'm the Dali. From rock and roll metal to rock and soul metal, my truth sets free. And I will never settle when God smack the devil, the demons I'll flee like, yeah. What's good, everybody? This is Cheyenne Salah. I'm back for another episode of Life. I want to thank every single one of you that have taken the time to check out our first episode. Uh, and in this case, just the last episode uh, where I have my good buddy, uh, Representative Jesse Johnson from Washington State's 30th District on in the studio with us. Uh, we captured a couple hours of an amazing conversation uh, that I think was highly informative uh, a little bit quirky and, and funny uh, and, and certainly cool and on time uh, with what's going on these days. Uh, it's, a, it's a crazy world that we're in right now. And my goal in the show is just to be able to kind of infuse a little bit of how I've been able to maneuver. Uh, certainly nothing perfect, but, you know, I've developed some ways to understand how life kind of ebbs and flows and add my sauce to it so that you know, you can reach a little bit more than just surviving. So it is my dearest hope that all of y'all can take a little bit of something uh, from what I got going on. On that note, you know, the first episode has been circulating and we're very, very proud of it. It's been picked up by uh, Player FM. So if you're a Player FM person, you can find uh, Cheyenne Salah, the Life podcast on Player FM. You can find it on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Google Podcasts. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, whatever your, you know, thing of choice is, podcasting style of choice, you'll be able to find our show and all of our episodes uh, from here on out. You know, it's a funny thing, you know, coming up as uh, an athlete and an artist, uh, the, the unique thing I think about the Internet is, you know, obviously people get the opportunity to engage and get at you. So it's always fun when you stir up a, you know, a few haters and people don't understand the mission. You know, we had a few come in, a few cats with some racist issues, got a little problem with the skin tone, you know what I mean? Popping their head up here and there and saying crazy stuff or whatever the case may be. And sometimes it got nothing to do with race. Sometimes it's just um, you know, people in their opinions and in their ways of life and you know, just kind of doing what they do. But you know, it is what it is, man. I'm here to do my thing. You all are welcome to opine how you see fit. I'm not going to allow for anything crazy, uh, too crazy to be in my world. But I do encourage you all to, um, you know, to add to the conversation. A lot of our episodes are going to be uh, pre-recorded. Uh, we, we definitely want to be able to produce high-quality content. Some of our episodes uh, will be live. We have, we're going to have a whole format for some of our live stuff that we'll do that will allow for, like, right now interaction. Um, but for the most part, we kind of have a sequence that we feel pretty good about. You'll see the style that we had in our first episode with Jesse Johnson, where you got the sit-down guests uh, right here in, in the studio live at, at the Brave New World compound. Or it's a situation like this where it's just me chilling with a little glass of uh, a God juice and uh, just having a conversation and moving with y'all on, on what it is that I do and whatever's currently going on in life. Or it could be another deal where... Uh, we got friends and people in our network um, and folks that are doing, um, you know, amazing things in and around the community, no matter where they are in the world, that we'll just bring in on Zoom or FaceTime or something like that. So we'll try to make sure that we are flexible for all of you for whatever kind of reason, but we want to maintain as high quality uh, as possible. It's a beautiful thing to be able to be in this position. So I thank you all for, for your time and attention and Look, here it is. 
We are now back with episode two for Cheyenne Law Life. I, um, I'd be a little less than a gentleman to not acknowledge things that are going on in the world. Whenever I'm in this kind of a production, I want to be able to holler about some of the stuff that's out there. Starting with some, some major things in the sports game, I want to give a huge shout out, uh, a major rest in peace, rest in power, rest in love uh, in the eternities uh, to the family of the great Hank Aaron, uh, who passed away uh, this past week. Uh, the legendary baseball player, uh, just a tremendous icon in sports history. Um, I grew up personally in a family that played baseball. I didn't. Me and one of my other brothers, we ran track during baseball season. So, you know, baseball was never really our thing, but I had to grow up with three other brothers that did play baseball and they loved it. And my pops loved baseball. And so I've been hearing about Hank Aaron my entire life. Um, my dad was a big Atlanta Braves fan. They used to be playing on TBS out here in the Northwest all the time. So uh, as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, I would, you know, constantly see the Braves on TV. But of course, that was well after uh, the era of the great Hank Aaron. Um, but once I got the news uh, and I saw that he had passed away, it just immediately hit home. And honestly, uh, reminded me of a conversation that I had with my pop right when COVID hit. Uh, we had a little sidebar conversation at the time. Everything was shut down, including sports. And it was like the first spring ever uh, in his life that, you know, there was, you know, no Major League Baseball uh, going on, no spring leagues. And um, it was a wake-up call moment then. And obviously, so many people have been affected along the way. Um, and when you kind of bend around a corner and you see legends of all sorts starting to die off uh, for whatever reason, it's uh, it's humbling to say the least. So I want to make sure we give that shout out. Any of you Hank Aaron friends, any of you legendary baseball fans uh, that are out there that understood that for any black athlete in that period of time, especially, you know, damn the now, it's crazy now. But back in Hank's day, it was absolutely ridiculous. You know, dude was getting death threats if he hit a home run. Like seriously, like, you know, you gotta, you gotta really wrap that around your spirit, man, and, and deal with that. I don't care if you're white, black, I don't care if you're yellow, you're red, I don't care if you're brown. There comes a point in humanity where you gotta really start to make sense of stuff. Like, it's just ridiculous to have to go through that kind of thing. You know, just to swing a bat. And so we got a lot to learn from uh, legends like Hank Aaron, his ability to persevere, his ability to overcome um, against those odds. And uh, I just I just want to salute him right now. So to Hank, I salute you. May you rest forever in power and paradise, my brother. And big shout out to your family uh, as well. Again, you know, this show... I, I want to make sure does a little bit uh, something different because uh, I'm not a journalist. You know, I'm not somebody that is going to be reciting a bunch of data and different stuff like that. I'm just basically saying I'm a real dude that's lived a real life with real life experiences. And everything I touch on is going to be something I know a little something about or I've experienced something um, about. Um, there is an issue that's been going on in, in, in pro basketball centered around a particular superstar named Kyrie Irvin. And this is by no, no means uh, a rumor mill session. I really want to touch on the issue of mental illness. Uh, Kyrie has been you know, recently noted for basically not being involved, not coming to practices, not playing in games. Uh, allegedly or apparently it was reported that he didn't uh, he didn't tell his coach, Steve Nash. He didn't tell uh, management that he was going to be out or anything like that. And once he re-arrived, I think the notion was just, hey, I'm working through things. And I think what people got to really try to understand in a, in a time like this is that, first and foremost, we all are affected by things you know, differently. 
And I'm by no means making any excuse for anybody that needs to perform out whatever it is they got to perform out. But the fact of the matter is we live in a non-perfect world. We're non-perfect people. Um, and in those imperfections, they can, they can weigh out across the scale on so many levels as to why somebody feels the way they feel about something or why they are affected by something um, in, in a way that you may not be affected or you may be affected in a way that I may not be affected. And how we go about grading that and how we go about dealing are uh, something I think we need to start having conversations about. Mental illness is real, and we all are dealing with various levels of traumas, uh, no matter what kind of trauma that may be, or what kind of uh, issue that may be, or wherever it derived from. Um, so I want to use, you know, my platform to just, you know, try to highlight that. I've heard over the years a couple of cats like that, be it Kyrie, um, Kanye West has been very uh, vocal about it uh, in hip hop over the last few years. It's a real thing. And so it's something that we got to just stop acting like, you know, everyone is out here just willfully, you know, not trying to play their role. Um, I think that there's real issues going on and I think there's something to be said for um, looking at mental illness and mental health and mental wellness um, in a different light. So hopefully if you know somebody, if you work in the field, if you know somebody that's struggling with the issue, any of you have resources, always feel free uh, to comment. If you got organizations that that uh, can help anyone that may be listening or uh, anyone that may be paying attention or may be affected or anyone that may have resources for anyone that's struggling in that space, feel free to use my, my platform and we'll, we'll do the best that we can to highlight who you may be or where those resources may be. Um, as we go along and, and, and building out our episodes. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I highlighted both of those brothers. And uh, even though the issues are completely different, uh, I wanted to put that at the forefront. Now, politics. It's crazy right now, man. Obviously, we just had the inauguration of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. It's a big deal. We got... We got a nation that is completely torn apart. And as far as I'm concerned, that's nothing new. But you know how it is. We all try to, to some degree, assimilate, um, whether that's intentional or by default, so that we can move to next levels and get things done and go about business as usual the way that we need to go about it. And sometimes it's really easy in those moments to skip past the things that matter the most um, because you're just going through your day in, day out. You're going to the job, the kids are in school or you're in school or whatever the deal is, you're just going through and you're not really paying attention uh, to some of the things that may be happening a state away or 10 states away or so on and so forth. Um, the tear in this nation right now is very evident and I think I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's something we need to be careful about. I think right now is a time to really sit back and reflect on what it is we really want out of our citizenship and what, what do we really want out of our government and what do we really want uh, to accomplish for ourselves, for our families, um, for those that are looking for uh, America as a tool to a better life. Uh, for those that are devout in their, in their religious uh, endeavors and beliefs, whatever the, whatever the lane is in life that you're pursuing, the funky thing about America is that it has its arms open legally to so much of that privilege. And at the same time, it's been built in the pillar of the protection of its own inherent rights. And I think whenever you have two parties colliding um, like they are right now, it's just a matter of it's got to get back down to the people. The people dealing with the people. I ain't talking about yelling and screaming and going crazy and all this kind of stuff. I'm just talking about from within the household, man. You know what I'm saying? Stuff you can control. It's auntie talking to auntie and grandma to grandma and cousin to cousin. 
and and you know exchanging information and trying to find some kind of some kind of sense of community and the fact that at the end of the day we in this together um and they, there is no getting around that um but i wanted to acknowledge the fact that we do have a new president and, and vice president uh, that were sworn in this past week and i think that anyone that attains the office uh, should have a certain degree of respect. I think that uh, not only should they be challenged to do their job in the best manner, but they should also be supported in, in doing their job. And that's a fine, that's a fine line and a fine balance, depending on, you know what I'm saying, depending on who you are. Um, but it's my hope that America can achieve some sense of really furthering the things that matter most to the people that care about it most. Um, certainly, I know for years, um, politics was just something, you know, it's a hot button you turn off, just, nope, I'm cool, you know, I don't want to have nothing to do with it, or, you know, whatever your, whatever the deal might have been for, for anybody. But as of late, I would say maybe since the Barack era, um, you know, it's just, it's spiked, it's, it's a thing. Um, it's something to be involved with community and you can't, you can only go so far in community before it gets political. Um, so I highly encourage everybody to, to understand, you know, their local politics, who's right in front of them, who's, who's right there in your city councils, um, you know, your district representatives, uh, you know, your senators and so on and so forth. All these, all these people matter, your Congress people, they all matter. And... You should get to know who they are, and you should get to know um, why it is uh, that they're in the position to do what it is that they do, so that you know we can kind of tone down a little bit on the craziness and the riffraff that's going on. There's no way you're going to be able to successfully run a country. I don't care if it's Biden or Trump or Barack or whoever. You cannot successfully do it if if the people are off the rails, and so something's got to happen. Um, where commonality uh, can be formed and there's some focus on the things that we can't agree on. The one thing I know for sure is I am a black dude in America and I'll be damned um, if I go through my lifetime without maximizing, at least trying to maximize all that it has to offer. Um, so I say that with my own little personal salute that I, I wish them the best um, in, the, in their presidency. And of course, if you got one coming in, you got one that's going out. So my man Trump is down in Mar-a-Lago somewhere. Rumor has it he's golfing and doing his thing. Um, probably the craziest presidency of my lifetime. But I would also say the most important presidency of my lifetime. And I know there's going to be a lot of people to listen to this say, man, what the hell is he talking about? And here's what I mean. When it comes to issues, you have to have somebody that's willing to get in there and mix things up. You gotta have somebody that is not of the norm sometimes to start to unveil what's really, what's really going on, what's really cloaked underneath everything. I think the weird, crazy um, mystery of Donald Trump's presidency is that it's really allowed racism to come to the forefront. It's really allowed American politics to come to the forefront, constitutional rights to come to the forefront. You got young kids talking about the Bill of Rights and Declaration of Independence and like, it's just, it's, there's just been this groundswell that I don't know if everyone's looking at in the midst of all the hoopla, but I'm telling you, it has caused a, an energy uh, an alert, if you would, um, a hot one, but a necessary one. And for the first time in my lifetime, it feels like to me, when you're talking about doing people right, and whether you're talking about those people being black or those people um, being women or those people being of whatever kind of minority, or the fact that um, even those that are considered the power majority starting to vocalize um, you know, what's important to them, too. I think all of that is important. All of that's critical 
to conversation. And I'm just saying it's the first time in my life I've seen it swinging like that on all levels. I think America is collectively intelligent enough to figure it out too. You just gotta get over its emotions and, and move through to some solutions, but I think we are gonna get there. So with that said, that's my value to President Trump. I can go through a litany of other things um, and I will throughout the, the rest of the episodes because he just was, you know, the hurricane that he was. I mean, everyone is still to some degree talking about all that took place. At the same time, you also got to breathe a, uh, a breath of fresh air uh, because there's also a feeling of, okay, you know what I'm saying? Our leader ain't going to wake up this morning and just start talking shit. <laughs> Which is just crazy when you think about it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm in my mid-40s. So, you know, every president I've known has always been super presidential and they've had you know, a sense of diplomacy and political correctness, if you would. And so to experience that cat was just crazy. But I didn't really have the same kind of problem with it everyone else did because, hell, man, I came up in hip hop. I came up a black athlete in locker rooms my whole life with crazy ass coaches yelling shit, bouncing off the walls from left and right since I was seven years old. Um. I come from that kind of, you know, tough verbal reality, if you would. And then of course there's business, where a lot of it in entertainment, um, a lot of it in the IP world and things that I've done with major brands. It's a doggy dog game for the most of the time that I've been in the game. And so I was never dismayed by the attitude um, I could always remember the fact that, man, this dude spent the last, you know, 10 plus years on reality television firing people for a living. And the country loved it. I think he might have been one of the top three shows in the country the, the entire time he was on there. Um, so there's a lot of dynamics that play in for me that say, you know, we shouldn't have been, you know, as shocked. But yet you still are never prepared for a leader in your life. You still never prepare for someone that is like, structuring and governing law on your behalf. Someone that's got nuclear codes to wake up in the morning and get live on Twitter and just be like <laughs> reposting cats that's talking crazy shit, you know what I mean? So um, it's, I, I don't know, sometimes I know we all do it on some level. You gotta check and make sure that the world you're living in is actually real. Um, but I feel blessed nonetheless because it is what it is. And if it didn't do nothing else, man, it'll wake you up. And so, ironically, it felt good to hear Biden get up and deliver the way he delivered. Um, it felt good to hear from, from Kamala. It felt good to see temperament. It felt good to see some diplomacy uh, return. I also like that there's some notion of we know we got to do this together. I think that's a big deal. I think that no matter what it is you're trying to do in life, man, it's so easy to quit. It's so easy to quit on people. And that's what this whole, you know, segment, this whole show is really supposed to be about today. You know what I'm saying? This episode is supposed to be about, we are not perfect. You know what I'm saying? You have got to know how to forgive. You gotta know how to heal up. You gotta know how to get over things because you're never gonna make you know what I'm saying? All, you're not gonna meet all your expectations all the time. Basketball players miss free throws and layups and dunks. You know, football players miss catches. They fumble, they fumble the ball, they miss tackles. You know, we all make mistakes. People get up late in the morning. You know, pe people rushing around, you know, people mess up at work. Uh, people just do stuff, we just do stuff, we're human beings. You know what I'm saying? So we, we have to have some sense of, man, lighten up, relax. It's not to say that you shouldn't meet standards. Um, it's not to say that people shouldn't be held to them. It's to say that if you're going to be involved though, write it out, write it out. I've tried to, in my life, make sure that um, if I was going to get involved, um, I was gonna try to be down you know, for life particularly, you know, as an adult, be down for life. I come from a family with four other brothers. 
uh, and unlimited cousins. And you couldn't be a chump and quit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, there's no quit. You know, you keep going. You have a bad day, you get your ass up the next day and you keep, you keep rocking and rolling and you keep going. And you find whatever it is to give you the energy to do that or give you the motivation to keep doing that. And I don't know how you repair it when people feel betrayed and the cuts are so deep, because it happens. It happens in business and it happens in families and it happens in, in, in all of that, right? And we have a culture that actually benefits from it happening because you can go to a courtroom and hash stuff out and people win and lose there too. But I think we got to get back to some level of if you're with me and I'm with you, let's just ride it out. Win, lose, or draw. We're better together. You know, there's more power when there's an hours. You know what I mean? And so we got to find ways, man, to connect the dots so we can get back to some kind of semblance on that. And so that's my little two cents on the political landscape right now. But I do have to have the best of uh, wishes. And of course, I'm going to be on the ground doing things in my community, making stuff happen. But I'm always keep it real. I'm not here to be pro-Republican. I'm not here to be pro-Democrat. I'm not here to be pro-independent. I'm here to be pro-human being. I'm here to be like, yo, let's do, let's do shit, man. Let's make it happen. Let's do stuff that's going to be beneficial, you know, for both of us. There's going to be disagreements. Fine. But ride with me. Ride it out. I'm going to ride with you. Let's ride it out. We will get there better together is the bottom line. You know, there's too much heartache in the land. We're giving our kids too much craziness in the midst of a pandemic. It's a lot on the minds and hearts. It's a lot on the emotions and spirit of people. So any of you fellow Americans or fellow human beings around the world that have any vibration of love for a fellow human being, look, man, let's just raise the scale. Let's raise the scale up and see what we could do to connect and come together a little bit. In this arena of going into podcasting, there's a lot of things I started thinking about. Business is funny. The internet's crazy. There's 6,000 platforms you can be on, uh, you know, consuming content. Everybody's got little tricks and games and gimmicks and things that they're doing. There's dope editing styles and little quick tips. Some people say only do a thing for two minutes. Some people say give them two and a half hours. Uh, you got all these ways. You can't watch any content without, without an ad popping up. Um, and I may be just as guilty. One of those ads may be my own, but you can't get through anything without seeing somebody coming with something. And it's just a new day and age. And when I thought about trying to put a show together, I said to myself, I want to treat it like, you know, I'm on TV. I want to treat it like I'm in my living room. I want to treat it like it's a conversation that I would have with my family and friends. Um, so what I'm really eager to do is for you guys to give feedback, not with respect to the show and what I just said about it, but just the landscape of, of what's all going on out there. What are you into? You know, who are you watching? What's some of your favorite stuff? Why? You know, um, I want this show to be a little bit of a, of a uh, incubator for information um, so we can better understand what it is that you guys are into and what's going on. I'm going to always lean again because it's, it's my life. I'm always going to lean in to what my life entails. You know what I mean? You're going to always feel a little culture. You're going to always feel a little bit of my spirit and soul. You're going to always get the elements of the things that I'm involved in. But um, I want to make sure that I get some of that from you all as well. So it'll help me get to know my audience a little bit more and just see what you guys like. Are you Google podcast people? Or are you player FM people? Tell me why. If you get a chance and it's not too much to ask, you know, feel free to just jot that down. And oh, why are you at it? I do have a foundation. I have a nonprofit organization called the Cheyenne Salah Foundation. We do some phenomenal stuff uh, for our local community 
and now uh, uh, a community that's abroad or beyond our local community here in Western Washington, uh, with a focus on youth, particularly youth that have ambition and talent and skills, desire to go into the arts. I cannot stress enough how important it is for people to understand the power of intellectual property developed in music and entertainment culture. And I don't care whether you whether you write in a book, I don't care whether you're writing a, a, a script for a movie, um, if you're in radio, uh, if you're coming up with uh, a, a record label or you're, you're an artist that's just writing your first song, all of those things are assets, they all mean something. And so it's a big part of our foundation's focus to try to provide programming that helps youngsters get involved with that. Yeah, so any support that you all can give uh, to the foundation, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, you can go to the SalahFoundation.org, uh, check out our site, peruse through, see some of the things we've been able to do, um, some of the workshops that we've hosted and some of the field trips we've been able to, pre-COVID, uh, of course, um, that we've been able to give to our kids. Now we have a dynamic program called the Artist Workshop, where we're able to kind of just do things all online, bring in featured guests and people with amazing expertise in different fields and music, entertainment, arts, film, culture, and so on and so forth. So um, yes, thislawfoundation.org, thank you in advance um, for anything that you give or anyone you may share our information to. Um, this coming week is gonna be powerful. I got uh, some things percolating on the advocacy side that I think is just very, very important um, again, my interest in, in politics is not, not about being in a particular seat or being a guy for it. It's really just about advocacy and it's about bettering things, finding those commonalities. Uh, but one of my dear friends and mentors, uh, Dr. Charles Horn, I get a chance to talk to him this week. Uh, Dr. Horn is the uh, Northwest president for Blacks in Government, uh, former president of uh, the Pacific Northwest Black Chamber of Commerce, um, and just tons and tons of accolades. A brilliant, brilliant man uh, that I've known for quite some time, who actually was the first one to really tap me on the shoulder about how important local politics are. Um, but I get to have a chance to uh, sit down with him and go over some things with black economic development programs and other things that need to be advocated for and developed on a local to national level. So that's the new platform. I wanna hear from the brothers and sisters or anybody that's, that's non-black, non-color, that has any interest in the culture advancing. Like, what do you think about uh, you know, that space right now? The innovative community, uh, the way the structured finance communities have long been um, available to the Silicon Valley types and the, the tech developer types and so on and so forth. Um, the ability for people of non-color to go into a bank and get a loan and start a business or buy a franchise or do some of the things that seem to be very, very seamless. One of the things I'm advocating for is for business in the black community. Uh, number one, because it creates jobs. Um, business ownership creates jobs. Again, it's not designed to say you're gonna roll out of the bed tomorrow, start a business and everything's gonna be perfect. Nine times out of the 10 times you try to do it, you're actually going to fail. But that's what the culture is for everybody trying to do it. So I'm really trying to encourage uh, the black community to really consider going into business, going into business ownership. Um, and regardless of what that is, you know, whether that's a restaurant, whether that's a barbershop, whether that's a shoe store, uh, whether that's an auto mechanic shop, whether it's the next um, you know, drive-through restaurant or something or franchise, um, or it's something completely different, uh, whether it's the next film company or record label uh, or software development group. We have to get in the space of developing business. We have to begin to get in the space of creating wealth uh, that has generational legacy associated with it uh, and allows us to build community a little bit different. Because once we're in a space of we're helping to provide jobs from within our community, the better off the community is going to be. Um, the second part of that is just esteem. Uh, th there's tremendous challenges. Please, I got a whole segment I'm gonna do just on 
<laughs> all the stuff I've been through in business, all the trials and tribulations, all the craziness, like I said, is loaded with failures, but they're lessons. It's not like, you know, they're things that kill your ability to do. It's things that everybody goes through. I have a rule I use with the youth when I talk to them. It's called no man's exempt. And it's kind of like saying, whoever you look up to that's done it before you, if that's the standard, then you're not exempt from whatever it is they may have had to go through to get to where they got to. And whether that's Warren Buffett and Bill Gates or whether that's uh, Jay-Z or 50 Cent um, or, or whether that is someone that is just at a high executive position at a company like Starbucks or, or it's a, a, a position uh, with someone like Nike. What they had to do to get there is what they had to do to get there. And it's always riddled with bumps and bruises and tail offs and losses. You can't be afraid to lose. Somehow the culture in America got so cozy that it didn't want to try anymore. It didn't want to risk anymore. It didn't want to go out and do anything. So we want to advocate uh, to move to a different space now. It's time to risk again. It's time to try again. Um, it's time to get active again. Yes, you're going to take L's. Yes, when you shoot the shot, you're going to miss a whole lot of them. But at some point, you start making them. At some point, you start focusing. At some point, you start realizing the mechanics of what you got to do. And it starts to turn around. And so if you love it, if you got something that you're good at, you got a skill, you got a talent, you got a way about you, if you got some drive and you got some willpower, and you know based on the conditions of the world right now that there's probably no better time for you to start focusing on that, uh, then we definitely want to encourage you to focus there. So I get to talk to one of my mentors, one of my godfathers in the game, um, about what the nature of that looks like right now and how we can better bring voices to the table um, to cause others to try to move into that space also. One of the things I love about having mentors is you get context. Anyone that knows me knows that's, that's one of my favorite words. I love context. I love context because it's when you're dealing with someone, it's in the notes, it's in the harmonies, it's in the, it's in the, you know, the percussion sections of life, if you would, um, the things that are not so obvious are the things that give you a full picture about a lot that goes on in life. Mentorship is awesome because mentorship is really good with context because it's purified methods of you advancing because they've been, you know, really just kind of focused in a contextual um, state of things and no matter what it is that they were dealing with. Uh, if you're in the taste game and, and you like a good scotch um, or you like a good wine or you like uh, a good cigar or you like your favorite sneaker or you're in real estate and you you only sell a certain kind of house or you're you're a guy that takes house and rehabs them and flips them and does this kind of stuff man that's about taste it's about context it's about understanding the nature of a thing it's about selectivity it's about preference and there's something in there that goes missing in an era like this one where everything's so hit quick and fast um, so mentorship is great so I'm excited to talk to Doc because he's always had phenomenal context uh, when it comes to black culture and to storytell in a way that gives you, you know, some of these nuances of what we've gone through. And it's super interesting to me because I got a chance recently to watch the new Regina King film, um, A Night in Miami. And if you haven't watched this film, I highly encourage it because it's a context film. Uh, what I mean by that, it's, it's, it's a piece. It's a missing piece of legendary icons in the black community. You're talking Malcolm X. You're talking Jim Brown. You're talking Sam Cooke. And you're talking Muhammad Ali. All having this one crazy night 
um, all together in Miami when Ali just um, was becoming this emerging champion. And to me, it's one of those things you may never even known had ever happened. I had heard rumors of it for years. I'd heard about it. I forget exactly what those sources were, but there's always these rumors about it. And you would always hear about some of the old school guys hanging out together and doing stuff together. You know, you'd hear that in the same room, um, Dr. King is, is uh, backstage with Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra. You hear stories like this and you learn about stuff like that. And you, and you come to realize that these people had lives, that there's context um, to what it is that they do. And even though we get promoted, the clips, you know, you, whether you get the I Have a Dream stuff or you get um, the, uh, the militancy of a Malcolm X um, and that brand, or you get, you know, the loud mouth brash, you know, uh, hand throwing Ali, or you get the, the beautiful crooning Sam Cooke, you know, kind of stuff, or the amazing talent of Jim Brown, and you just see highlight, highlights, and highlights. Well, this film to me made these guys human beings. It brought them to a human space, um, and it deals with life in a contextualized level, and it, it breaks into you know things that were going on in their time, and and so on and so forth. But it's beautiful. It's great to see brothers exchange uh, emotions and passion and thoughts and ideology with each other um, the whole way through. Uh, very very powerful uh, story. There's other things I could go into as far as like if I was going to give a review on it. Um, but all in all, it's something that I think that, you know, everyone needs to watch just because you need to know that these four amazing gentlemen actually spent this this time together um, at one of the most critical times in the history of black culture uh, here in America. I also want to make sure that you all know every single show from here on out when we do them this way, when it's just me and you, um, I'm always have... Um, you know, my album of choice moment. And this is something I just want to leave with people because my show is called Life. And I've gone through so much in my own life. I've been, um, certainly have had phenomenal challenges and obstacles. But at the same time, I've also had some amazing privileges and some things that have really shaped, shaping who it is that, uh, that I am at this point. And one of those things is definitely music. Uh, my pops is a record collector and had tons of records. And more than being a record collector, he was just a fan. He just was a guy that played music constantly. If any of my brothers is watching this, y'all know, you know, I'm talking about no sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like music was on in our house damn near 24 hours a day. And um, <laughs> again, that's gonna be, I gotta have a family segment of this show. Y'all gotta remind me, I gotta have a family. I gotta get the whole fam together to just talk about that one thing because man I'm telling you pops off the hook with it but my point in bringing it up is that it gave me a tremendous musical education because he collected everything and he was a fan of all sorts every form of blues and jazz and R&B and smooth jazz and 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 rock and roll and soul and gospel and hip-hop and man you just name it he just he loved it all. He really did. Um, and I'm super, super proud of that because I cannot tell you how important it is to have music in your life, especially at a time like this. So for every one of these one-on-one -on -one episodes that I'm going to be dropping um, on the Science Law Life podcast, I'm going to always recommend an album. So my first album of choice that you all need to have I don't care what color, I don't care what gender, I don't care what religion, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in the world. You have to own a John Coltrane Love Supreme record. John Coltrane Love Supreme. I'm telling you right now, now for me personally, anything Coltrane and Miles Davis, I don't wanna muddle it though, I'm just gonna focus on, on Coltrane. But anything Coltrane, with a, if you want to start the day, you want to start the day with a coffee, a cigar or something like that, and you got to work on the computer, you want to talk about getting your mind right, that form of jazz, that radical, beautiful, 
jazz. I, I, he just phenomenal. Sets your soul right. Tunes in the brain. It gets you there. And I'm just here to tell you, man, whether you're going on a walk and getting some exercise, um, or like I said, you're having a coffee or you're having a glass of wine um, uh, with dinner or what have you, you can't go wrong uh, with that level of jazz. It is just, it's beautiful, it's intelligent. So again, John Coltrane, Love Supreme, that's my jump off that you all need to own. I say you need to own it. Now it's fine if you wanna stream it, and that's great, but I'm a little bit old school this way. Like for those of you that are out there that can do it, and you have it, use your home entertainment system. And I don't give a damn if you gotta get it in the form of a CD, or you got to get it in the form of an of actual vinyl. You find a way to get your hands on a physical copy of Coltrane's Love Supreme. Anything I think that, you know, particularly in a, in a pandemic, where you get an opportunity to kind of just sit back and get in your vibe and create your vibe, you got to take advantage of it. You can create your style at a time like this or get re-acclimated, re, uh, get back in touch with your style. And this is a great one to do it with. But you got to feel stuff. Don't let the world fool you right now. I know everyone wants to act like you can only stream stuff. It is not the case. That is not the case. You can go into a Target. You can go into a Best Buy. You can go into a bunch of the big box stores and they got physical products still. Or you get online and you order it. But if you can afford it, get yourself some physical product. And if you can't and you're just on the go and you're doing anything, by all means, Stream it, and uh, whether that's you know on Pandora, or Spotify, or YouTube, or what have you, and you're just putting in the headphones, more power to you. But if you get a chance to sit down and chill out in the house, and turn on some Coltrane Love Supreme, it'll change your life if you don't already know. So for all my Coltrane friends, I I know y'all know what time it is, but for your, for for those of you who do not, this is one you gotta have in the collection. This one has set you right, and. Uh, you will not be disappointed. This brother was a phenomenal, phenomenal player. Okay, now that you got my music tip of the day and the album of choice, I want to share with you a few of the current events. We're sitting in the middle of this pandemic and I'm producing a ton of content right now. Lots of stuff going on with my team. This is the craziest time in my entire career and I know it is for you too we've had to do so much adapting and so much changing and so much stuff has had to come with it fortunately we we're able to get a spot where we can produce and we can hone and craft our ideas and bring our stuff to the world and so I'm super excited one of those first projects is a movie soundtrack a buddy of mine big Kurt boss Curtis Ellison um, in conjunction with it Omar Gooding and Trey Ireland produced the film A Familiar Lie. It's out now on Tubi TV. I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. I think it's first month or two that it was out. It was the number one film on Tubi. I was, uh, I was blessed to do the theme song for the project. We also did the soundtrack. The soundtrack is awesome. It's out. We've ran a, a recent campaign on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook and you go to the Brave New World Records page, you can certainly find it. Um, We've got individual releases and then a collective release uh, with our distributor in grooves that has put it out everywhere. It's, it's on Pandora, it's on Spotify, it's Apple Music, uh, Google Play, wherever it is you want to find your music, you'll be able to find the soundtrack. Make sure you go check out the movie and make sure you go check out the soundtrack. It's some indie work and I love it. I love that, uh, that my, my boys are getting down like that and they're making a way in the midst of the pandemic to just produce stuff and stay active. Uh, I think it's one of the healthiest things any of us can do uh, is trying to find a way to just stay active uh, and stay uh, in the game, stay in the throw of your of your ambition. To add to that, I'm super excited. We're getting ready to do something really cool. One of my longtime homeboys, radio personality, DJ Cass, who's syndicating shows all over the country right now, is coming out with a new book. Actually, the book is already out. It's called Reach. Uh, we're going to be putting together a music soundtrack for it. So... Y'all definitely want to stay tuned for that. DJ Kaz got a great story. He's going to be a guest on one of our shows. 
We're going to kind of get into that, show his upbringing, coming all the way up from the Bay and the time that we connected and everywhere he's been uh, since then. He's now down in, uh, in Arizona. Uh, one of my best boys in life, uh, crazy talented, uh, and has got a great book, an easy read, and it's impactful. Uh, so I highly encourage you guys, go check out Reach. I think he's actually developing a series of them. But we're excited that our record label is going to come in. We're going to add a little music to it, put a little flair and a love and some love behind it. Uh, me, along with a bunch of the artists that Kaz has been able to work with over the years and just folks that we know uh, that love and support whatever what the message is about uh, with the whole Reach program. So stay tuned for that. Um, I also want to give a major shout out to my friends at Red Bull for, uh, for loading us up and showing some love and making me a uh, person of influence. Um, I'm looking forward to, to doing some great things with y'all. Um, but look, at the end of the day, this is what it comes down to in this life. You got to find people that believe. You got to find people that believe, man. You know what I'm saying? And I don't care whether that's a brand. I don't care if that's who's supposed to be your best friend or your partner or whatever. You got to believe. You got to team up. You got to get going. You got to just see it through to the end. Don't let anything get in the way. Nothing. And since this episode was dedicated to weeding people out of the trauma that comes with trying to be perfect and all that weight that comes with such expectations. Of course, there's a healthy side of it because we need to grow, we need to mature. We need to reach goals, right? But at the same time, you can't let those be the reason why you quit. When someone messes up or someone makes mistakes, you don't quit. It doesn't matter who the president is. You don't quit being a dope American because one of the American leaders ain't got their shit together. You know what I mean? You got to stay on the ground. You got to stay in the hustle and you got to stay in the fight. You got to forgive yourself and you got to find a way to forgive others and understand that for everyone that's effing things up, you know you've effed things up. I've effed things. Everyone effs things up. And so all you can do is find your way around it and try to get back and rebound and make shit happen again and go back after it and don't quit and have a never say die attitude. Always believe in yourself until the next time. It's one love, peace, this is life. I'm a kind of man.